Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome to Wine Smart. Today we're going to talk about a subject near and dear to me, and that is sparkling wine. I adore sparkling wine, and one of my two favorite sparkling wines is Franciacorta from Italy. Um, Franciacorta isn't as well known as Champagne, but perhaps it should be. It's not as large a region, doesn't make as much wine, but I think we should explore it, come to understand it a little bit, and then start buying and selling a lot more of it. Let's start with where it is. It is in Lombardia as a political boundary, and that political boundary has the highest population of all of Italy and includes the great city of Milan, which is known for its fashion, finance, and industry. And that city of Milan is only about 78 kilometers west of Franciacorta. It's at 45.6 degrees north latitude, which puts it roughly equal to Santimillon, uh, the city of Torino in Piemonte, Coroti in the northern Rome. So it has some really good winemaking neighbors, but this one's known for sparkling wine, and the other regions I mentioned are known for red wines primarily. So what's the difference? So let me give you the lay of the land. French Accorta making traditional method sparkling wines, same method as Champagne, is four degrees of latitude south of Champagne. So we should expect a different style of wine just based on the latitude. It is sandwiched between these two beautiful famous lakes of Lake Como and Lake Garda, the vacation lakes of Italy, and it actually touches a lesser known but very influential lake, Lake Iseo. Franciacorta is a continental climate by definition, which means it has colder winters and warmer summers, and the bridge seasons are sort of steep. But in the case of Franciacorta, you have three major inland lakes. They are very large, and they moderate temperature, and you have the mountain range to the north that blocks Franciacorta from extreme north winds, and so it doesn't get that cold in the winter, and because of the lakes, it doesn't get that warm in the summer, which is, works out great for growing grapes. The entire region of Franciacorta follows the contour of the glacial moraine that was formed as the glaciers receded. They left that deposition there. And in the case of Franciacorta, it's this really cool mix of sand, silt and gravel and limestone and it's really well drained which is great because French Accorta gets plenty of rain like you know 50 inches a year. So this contour of land that it follows turns into this sort of natural gently hilly amphitheater of grapes facing mostly in southerly directions. It's really quite ideal for a northern climate. What's going to be familiar to you about French Accorta is the grapes that are grown there. The focus grapes for this region are Chardonnay, Pinot Nero or Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, and then a new addition has been uh, added to the list, which we're going to talk about, and that's Erbamat. Yes, I said Erbamat, E-R-B-A-M-A-T. Sounds a little bit like a South American tea, but it's actually a grape. Well, the first recorded comment they have on it is from 1564, and then it kind of disappeared for centuries and has been resurrected in the 21st century. And the reason they've authorized it is it has naturally high acidity and naturally low sugar, 
at ripeness, which is perfect for making traditional method sparkling wine. They are hedging their bets in the vineyards against the fact that the temperatures are rising in this region and have been for a long time. Nature of Franciacorta is the nature of traditional method sparkling wine. In Italy, it's called Metro Classico. This is the same method employed in Champagne. In the, in the case of method traditional or traditional method or Metro Classico, we're talking about starting that second fermentation within the bottle that you're going to be drinking from later, which is much more laborious, but has a magic interaction of the degradation of yeast, autolysis, and the creation of flavor esters that happens in that uniquely small uh, anaerobic environment. Even though Franciacorta was referenced back in 1570 by a local doctor named Gerolamo Conforti in his book on fizzy wine. Yes, somebody wrote a book on fizzy wine in 1570. He was referencing that in this region, people were intentionally leaving bubbles in the wine and able to maintain it, which was fascinating to him. But you have to fast forward all the way to the 1950s to get to what we know of as Franciacorta. Franco Ziliani of Berlucchi Winery started to experiment with making traditional method wines and his experiments went really well and in 1961 he released his first commercial bottling and it was called Pinot di Franciacorta and it was mostly Pinot Bianco. By 1967 a DOC was registered that included Metodo Classico wines for Franciacorta. Then in 1995 Franciacorta Metodo Classico wines earned their own exclusive DOCG, which by the way was the first DOCG in Italy for Metodo Classico only wines. When you buy Franciacorta, there are going to be some terms on these bottles that you need to be aware of. There's non-vintage Franciacorta, and if it's non-vintage Franciacorta, it has to be aged on the lees for 18 months. That's six months longer than the requirement for Champagne, by the way. And it can include Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Bianco, and a max of 10% of the Herbamat. If it is a vintage wine, it must be aged 30 months. If it's a Reserva wine, it must be aged 60 months on the lees. And then there's this really cool, very unique designation for Francia Corsa called Satan. First of all, they have to be Blanc de Blanc 100% Chardonnay. Secondly, they have to be bottled with five atmospheres of pressure or less. Well, standard champagne is six atmospheres of pressure, so you get a softer, more friendly mousse in these wines. And it has to be aged for a minimum of 24 months on the lees before it's disgorged. So that's a very special bottling, and I do recommend you find one of these because they're wonderful. And then there is rosé, which is fabulous. It has to be a minimum of 35% Pinot Noir. It can be a maximum of 65% Chardonnay, which would finish off the blend, or a maximum of 50% Pinot Bianco with obviously the other players. And it can have a maximum of 10% Herbamat. You're gonna see all the other designations which have the EU standard for both Champagne and Franciacorta, and that's the labels of Brut, Extra Brut, Brut Nature, etc. So let's start with the driest. Brut Nature. So Brut Nature, Brut Zero, um, is no dosage normally. I love these wines because I happen to like that zip and, and really clean, refreshing nature of Brut Zero. Extra Brut is the category from zero to six grams per liter residual sugar, and this is very common in Franciacorta. And Brut, zero to 12 grams per liter residual sugar, which is also very common. 
You will see the occasional extra dry at 12 to 17 grams per liter residual sugar, except on Reserva bottlings, you cannot go beyond Brut. It can't be any sweeter than Brut for Reserva wines, which makes sense to me. The reason for all for sticking with these drier styles is that Franciacorta is sufficiently warm at 45 degrees north instead of 49 degrees north for Champagne. It's sufficiently warm to ripen the grapes to a level that the fruit base and the acidity of the wines doesn't need more sugar at dosage to balance them out. So they tend towards a drier style than the average Champagne house. So in the wide world of sparkling wine, where you can get really good quality to great quality sparkling wine from just about every corner of the earth, from Tasmania to California to Germany to Austria, Champagne, of course, Cremant de Bourgogne, Franciacorta, to Cava, they all are making really nice wines. Why do we need to support or buy or sell Franciacorta? And I think there are some really obvious reasons, and then you can delve into the minutiae if you'd like. The first one is the quality expectations set out by the laws of Franciacorta are automatically giving you a high quality wine just guaranteed. Just that simple fact of saying you cannot release a Brut non-vintage that hasn't been aged less than 18 months. It has to be a wine that shows the character of autolysis, that, that yeasty, nutty, developed flavor profile that makes sparkling wine unique. The second is the base of these wines is Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, which are the elite grapes for sparkling wine everywhere in the world. So you're already starting with elite options. Franciacorta is a yes and when we talk about champagne. It's not an either or. Yes, we have champagne and we have Franciacorta because they are different. They have different flavor profiles. They offer a different experience based on, if nothing else, latitude. And we should have them both. When you are looking at sparkling wine, one of the things that immediately comes to mind for me is value because I want to drink sparkling wine more often than special occasions. And Franciacorta, when you look at quality, standard of origin, and price, this wine region is a value. You get a lot for what you're spending every time you buy Franciacorta. And last but definitely not least, these wines are delicious. Classically made wines from classic grape varietals at a high quality that make people who like sparkling wine smile. And that's a great reason to buy and sell Franciacorta.